We're in this series called More Than an Overcomer. How many remember the illustration that we, that we used? Actually, I just kind of referred to it, didn't I? That uh, the prize fighter, right? The prize fighter he goes through all the training and the blood, sweat, and tears and gets in the ring and he wins the fight and he's about half dazed and knocked out and they give him that million-dollar check. Of course, nowadays it's $10 million check and he gives it to his wife. His wife is more than a conqueror. She didn't have to train. Listen, I'm telling you, this is not about your fight. The fight is done. The fight is won. You just need to learn how to collect the check. Now, you need to go back. These messages have been, can I say, unusually deep, kind of in territory that is kind of new. So it's always... It's always like, you know, when you break new ground, it's kind of hard. So I would encourage you to go back on Facebook Live or we can get you copies of it on a CD and go back and listen, especially last week's when we talked about the courtroom, a whole different way of praying. And believe me, this doesn't come natural. It doesn't come overnight because you weren't necessarily taught this way to pray. So uh, I really encourage you, if you weren't here last week, I heard people say after church, i got to hear that again. I got, there's just so much to it. And you got to hear it a lot to get it in your spirit. Listen, listen, it's, how many believe it's important to get your prayers answered? So it's important, okay? But let's get into this, and I, I want to talk about, you see I've got some crowns here. I want to talk about the crown. I, I love history. I love watching uh, uh, historical documentaries and reading books on history. I'm always, uh, I've always got at least one book going. I, I'm the kind of guy, I like to read three or four books at the same time. Kind of weird. And one of them is always a history book. I'm, I'm always, because uh, I like to know, you know, where we came from and how we got to where we are today. But I love that documentary on uh, Netflix, The Crown. Y'all like that? What a, it's, fairly historically accurate, and, and it's in the next series now. And, it of course, it talks about Queen Elizabeth and when she became the queen back in the 50s, and she's still queen today after all these years. What's she in her 90s now? And, but it's, they, they entitled it The Crown. It's all about the crown. You, you give allegiance to the crown. It's, it's all about that crown that they wear. Because only kings and queens wear crowns. Common people don't wear crowns. Even people in authority don't wear crowns. Only the king and queen back then would wear a crown. It symbolizes their authority in the kingdom when they have the crown. And that's the whole thing. The coronation is the putting on of the crown. How many believe one day we're going to have a coronation? <laughs> so what does this crown thing mean? And what is it all about? The scripture says, if you want to go to it in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and, and, and 6, right? It says, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory. Mm-hmm. To him be glory and dominion, say dominion, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In chapter 5, verse 10, 
and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign, we shall reign in the earth. Now, most of, the, most of the discussion about crowns has to do with heaven and when, when heaven comes back down here. But how many understand to some point, to some degree, in some measure, we're kings and priests now. We're kings and priests now. We're part of the kingdom. And we rule and reign with Christ right now. So we have what the Bible talks about, a measure. i got to teach a little bit, so stay with me, okay? For those of you who just like the yelling and screaming, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get some word in here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 explains this thing about a measure, right? He said, but we are those who choose to limit our boasting to only the measure of the work to which God has appointed us. A measure that, by the way, has reached as far as you. Paul says, I have an area of authority. I have a measure. God has given me authority over this and, and, and not over that. You know, when, when, I'm, when I'm here as pastor, well, even when I'm not here, uh, the, God has given me authority over this house, right? If I go preach somewhere else, I can't take authority over that house even though I'm preaching there. I come under the authority of that pastor. He may run 10 people, right? Doesn't matter. That's, he's God's appointed man. That's his place of authority, and I come under that, and I honor him. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, going on. It says in verse uh, 5, and since you, verse 14, and since you are within our assigned limits, we didn't overstep our boundaries of authority by being the first to announce to you the wonderful news of the anointed one. We're not trying to take credit for the ministry done by others going beyond the limits God set for us. Instead, our hope soars as your faith continues to grow, causing a great expansion of our ministry among you. Everybody getting this? So all of us do have a measure of authority here on earth. All kings wear a crown that reflects the glory of the realm. All kings wear a crown. If you go back in the Middle Ages, you'll see, if you see pictures, the crowns differ according to the size of the realm and the wealth of the realm. A large, wealthy realm, man, they'll have a glorious crown. The crown always reflected the power and the measure of authority that that crown, that that kingdom has. Someday, here we go, we're going to receive a crown that's going to reflect what we've done on this earth. <laughs> Some of you are going to have a Burger King crown. Um, <laughs> it'll be a crown, but it'll be cardboard. But anyway, we... <laughs> and, and some will have amazing crowns. They say, oh, I bet Pastor will have a... Bit. No, no, it's not about how much you do. It's how much you do according to what you were told to do. 
So to whom much is required, too much, much is given, much is required. So just because, you know, one person may do more than another person, if you fall short of what God has called you to do, that'll determine your crown, okay? So crowns are about rewards. Crowns are about recognition of hmm, how much authority you had here on earth. They reflect the realm that you ministered in. They reflect how many demons got the boot. Your crown will reflect how much territory you conquered. Oh, glory to God. Come on now, church. It's, it's a reflection of your prayer life and how you overcame. Okay, look, look at some of the examples, some of the scriptures that talk, about, um, that talk about this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Paul says, You're my crown. Amen. That's why I'm trying to get you all right. Because you're my crown. I don't want a Burger King crown. You're my crown. And doesn't that make sense that, it would, it, that, it, that, that, that people are your crown? That the lives you've changed reflect on the crown you wear. Oh, Jesus. Is it just me or are y'all having a hard time? 2 Timothy 4.8, right? Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me to that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So there's a crown of righteousness. When you walk in holiness, and it's not about your efforts, it's about you yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's about how much of Jesus are you showing. You can't be holy by just doing holy things. I know that's kind of the way it used to be in days of old. You got you to dress a certain way in certain places you can't go. All the do's and don'ts. The problem with do's and don'ts is you can't make a list long enough. <laughs> There's always loopholes. <laughs> I remember coming into the church and, you know, the main thing people would do is find loopholes. Well, I, I can't do this and I can't do that, but maybe I could do this. And so we're always trying, you know, and it's like the old question. People sometimes ask me, can I do this and still go to heaven? What kind, what kind of a question is that? That's like going up to your wife and say, how many, how many times can I be unfaithful and you'll stay with me? Really? That's your mindset? How, how far can I go before I get you mad at me? You know, you know, some of you guys may not say that, but you do live that way. <laughs> like, I wonder if I could get away with, I wonder if I, is that the way we play God? How much can I do before I feel guilty? It's not about how much you can get away with, it's how close can we get. What can I do to please him? Not what can I get away with before he's angry at me. It's not trying to figure out what's sin, it's trying to figure out what's glorious. It is a crown of righteousness. How about James chapter 1 and verse 12? Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, uh, when he is approved, 
Aha, watch this. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So there's a crown for, for, for overcoming temptation. Getting through these things. Anybody ever been tempted? If you're not being tempted, it's because he's already got you. Oh, help us in this place. So there's a crown. Not, 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 I want you to understand what I'm saying here. A crown symbolizes what you have conquered. It symbolizes what you have overcome. It symbolizes what territory you've occupied. It's not about winning battles. It's about occupying territories. Oh, I need to say that again. It's not about... Because in the, in the realm there are soldiers, but soldiers don't wear crowns. The king wears the crown because the king takes the property. He takes control of it. Amen. You might just be a soldier in a battle, but you need to be more than a... Sh- Some of you just are constantly in warfare, constantly battling. It's not about that. The war is over. The battle is won in Jesus' name. It's time to go to court and win and take territory. He didn't call you just to be a soldier. He called you to be a king. He wants, to, he wants you to wear a crown with every jewel on the crown symbolizing something you've conquered. Has anybody conquered anything in this life? Give God praise and glory for it. You're a king and a priest. Hallelujah. The crown symbolizes our reward for what we have Occupy. Now, how does it work? How does it work? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, straw. It's kind of the little pig story all over again. Little pig, little pig. Okay? Verse 13. Each one's work will Become clear. For the day, capital D, will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will teach, it will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's, if anyone, uh, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward, a crown. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. There's going to be a house fire. We've all seen these stories, some of us more than others, where this family, you know, lost their home, lost their coat, lost everything, and they're standing out in the street in their pajamas. And that's the only thing they got left. I'm afraid on the day of judgment, some of us will be standing in our pajamas before the throne. We made it to heaven, but no rewards, no crown. Oh, it's going to get quieter than this, so I guess I'll just live with it. When God began to deal with me about this, it, it messed me up. 
the fires of life. This isn't just about the last fire on the last day. I believe we go through fires every day. I believe some of the things we're trying to hang on to, God's really just trying to burn up. Oh, that ain't popular, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Because there's too many preachers trying to get you all worked up about stuff that won't last for eternity. They're trying to get you blessed with things that don't last. They're trying to get you blessed with things that won't go through the fire. I mean, hallelujah, I'm blessed. I'm glad to be blessed financially. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not going to get through the fire. Amen. And there's certain kinds of uh, things in our personalities that need to get burnt up. I believe pride and selfishness and possessiveness and ego and thinking like the world. All these things. I, I believe all of our temptations, all of our trials, as we go through them, they're really house fires. And we're actually praying, oh God, I can't live without it. But can you die with it? Sometimes we ought to just thank God that's out of my life. Can I talk to the single people? (laughs) Sometimes you ought to be glad he left you. Maybe God knows something you don't know. Your heart might be breaking. You know, when you lose your boyfriend, girlfriend at 16, it is the end of the world. But not really. Looking back on it, you're going to go, thank you, Jesus. Looking back at it, I'm glad I never finished. I'm glad I didn't keep dating that one. I'm glad because we don't see things like God sees things. Amen. Sometimes, you know, if it can't get through the fire, you need to let it go. Come on now. Some of us will make it to heaven, but only with the clothes on our back. What can you take with you? What's gold in your life? What have you done that's eternal? What's in your house that can make it through the fire? I can tell you're all thinking because you don't amen anymore. You've heard people say, sometimes you have to reach bottom before. How many times have you prayed, God, whatever it takes, win my son, my daughter. Whatever it takes, and then it gets really bad. Been there? Anybody been there? It gets really bad, and then you're like, oh, God, stop, stop. No, 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 no. There's a whole lot that needs to get burned up in the house fire before they can finally realize that everything I've been running after, that, that, that's not the answer. The drugs aren't the answer. The sexual immorality is not the answer. This, that is not the answer. What I really need is Jesus, and the rest can get burnt. Come on, give him praise. Today, today, if you're a multitasker, you're an amazing person. Everybody wants multitaskers. And by the way, none of us men do it. So <laughs> We're just not gifted to be multitaskers. <clears throat> but, but seriously, a lot of people are. And it's, it's kind of a gift today to be a multitasker. And it's infiltrated our lives to where our calendars are multitasking. 
And we're trying to do this for our kids and this for our spouse and this for the in-laws and this for my where I work. And I'm trying to do this for pastor and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying. And we're spread thin, we're multitasking, and we're proud of the fact that we're super mom or super dad. And we're able to multitask and do all this stuff. And yet Paul says this one thing. All these other things will get burned in the fire, but we need to focus on one thing. Oh, yeah, but Pastor, I, I, you know, I got to go to work and I've got family. Yeah, but you know what? When I go to work, when we go to work, we're working for Jesus. You might be pumping gas, but I'm doing it in the name of the Lord. That's how you get through the day, by the way, if you hate your job. I'm doing this for Jesus. Your family might drive you crazy, but I've got, I've got higher purpose here. I need to love them anyway and get them into the kingdom. I, everything's about Jesus. We need that one thing is Jesus Christ. And we need to stop the multitasking. And we multitask. Some of you are multitasking while I'm preaching. You want me to think you're, you want me to think you're taking notes, but you're writing your grocery list. Some of you are wondering how long I'm going to go, and you got a roast in the oven. We multitask everything we go. Every, but the thing about it is, when you're doing everything, you're not doing anything well. And when you're multitasking everything, you're no longer focused on Jesus. It's why church attendance is down. It's why people aren't involved in church as much anymore. Because we got so many other things going on. Jesus isn't number one anymore. I've got to multitask. Y'all aren't liking this message. It's like, I want Jesus and... I want Jesus, but I want this too. And I'm not saying you have to lose everything in your life. I'm saying Jesus has to be first in your life. You know what it is? I think sometimes it's just easier to spread your luck out. It's easier to just dabble in a lot of things because if you lose one of them, it doesn't matter. Can I talk to those of us who have been around a while? Listen to this. Listen, listen. The longer we serve the Lord, the more stuff we accumulate. And the less likely we are willing to risk. It's harder and harder for Jesus to tell us anything because we have spread ourselves wide over life. It's called, it's called hedging your bets. So you got to focus on the one. Wow. They say in, 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 uh, in uh, uh, money, in uh, investments, that you need to diversify your funds, and you need to put money in this and this and this and this. So if one goes down, the other one goes up, and that's how. But listen, Jesus doesn't work that way. You need to put all your money on red. Number seven. That's Jesus. 
put all you have. Are you ready to put all you have? It's like the guy who said he sold everything because he found out there was a pearl in the field. So he sold everything he had. He, listen to me. He sold everything he had so he can buy that one field for that one pearl. Amen. Because that one pearl was worth more than all the other junk he had accumulated in life. Oh, I wish we can get to the place where we understand the pearl is Jesus. And we need to sell, burn everything else that keeps us from him. Amen. If you want to wear a crown on that day, you're not going to get a crown for the car you drove. You're not going to get a car for the house you, you're not going to get a car because you got, a a crown because you got a raise. You're going to get a crown because a lot of that just burned away in your affections. Give God praise if you hear what I'm saying. Woo! Quit hedging your bets. I got to hurry up. Look at, look at Revelation chapter 12. First one, there appeared, uh, can I read this quickly? Hang on. You guys just follow me as quick as you can. Now, a great sign appeared in heaven, right? A woman clothed with the sun, moon under her feet, on her head, a garland of 12 stars. She had a crown. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, right? A great, fiery, red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. All oh, the devil likes crowns. And he likes to give out crowns. He's the dragon. By the way, in the garden, he was a snake. Somebody's been feeding him. <laughs> now he's a dragon. <laughs> that bad boy's grown up. Okay. So there's a description. There's crowns. His tail drew a third of the stars and threw them to the earth. Dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child, that's Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman, the church, fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. The great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, the serpent, called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, was cast to the earth and his angels, right, were with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God night and day has been cast down. And they overcame him. More than an overcomer. They overcame him. Number one, by the blood. Number two, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and all who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down to you, having great great wrath, because he knows, how many know the devil knows he has a short time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head, what? A golden crown. Are they with me up there? A golden crown. And in his hand, a sharp sickle. Let's go to Revelation 4. 
Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, mm. right, they worship him. Look at Revelation 19. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he, you all need to learn how to ride horses. Giddy up. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many, say many, many crowns. I think I'm, I think I'm just going to stop right there. Why would a king wear more than one crown? That's strange. Why, you know, I understand one crown. By the way, it's too small, I know. You're all thinking of comic strip characters in your head right now. <laughs> I hope I haven't lost you. But he doesn't just have one crown. <laughs> he has, how is he going to do this? I'm not. He has crowns. It doesn't even say how many crowns. But he has crowns on his head. Oh, I got to wrap this up. Why does he have many? They couldn't even count them. This is weird. You should have one crown that reflects the whole kingdom, right? Nobody wears two crowns. Nobody wears many crowns. I'll tell you what the crowns are. Here it is. We're going to cast our crowns at his feet. And he's going to wear our crowns. Remember the devil had a crown. He lost his crown. We took his crown. Come on, saints. If you've been sleeping, now's the time to wake up. Remember what I said. It's not, about, it's not about the fight. It's about the occupation. It's not about how many battles you fought, but how much territory you conquered. And we're all going to get a crown on that day. And Jesus is going to come back riding that white horse to make war, one final battle against the devil, and he's going to wear your crown, and he's going to wear your crown. Amen. He's going to wear your crown. You're cancer-free. Hallelujah. That's a crown. That's healing. That's a healing crown. Amen. God, God, God's coming back, and he's going to wear your crown because you overcame that drug addiction. You overcame a whole lot of mess. I'd spend an hour making a list. Come on, church. Somebody help me in this place. Some of you have conquered territory. And that crown, you're going to say, yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 I conquered the territory. But Jesus won the battle, amen. I just walked in and took it. I just put my feet in the place. How do you do that, pastor? You listened to last week's sermon. <laughs> when the devil comes against you, take him to court. 
take him to court in the name of Jesus. You don't fight the devil physically. You take him to court. Amen. Because the law is on your side. But pastor, I'm not all that. I didn't say you were all that. You plead the blood.